0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Readings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for what is this monday september 27th as always i'm your host with sometimes but occasionally but certainly not always the most javier reyes uh if you want to check me out on twitter you can find me on there at javapeno. that's spelled j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o or you can hit me up on the old lockdown padres handle which is at lo underscore padres for any questions comments or concerns that you might have and i'd love to get back to you guys and uh you know That'd be great. I love it. And engaging, doing the old engagement on Twitter. That would be really, really cool. Um, Today's episode, guys, before we get into it, I just want to shout out. Um, we are going to be talking about this Braves series. If anyone wants to go check out Locked On Braves by my boy Dylan Short, uh, talking about the series. They're still in a tight race with the Phillies for it to see who wins that division and all that stuff. It's probably going to be the Braves, in my opinion, but it's really close, so go check that out. And of course, you can check out our division rivals, Ben Kaspik over at Lockdown Giants, Jeff Snyder, and Vincent Pierre over at Lockdown Tigers. They're killing it. I know Padres fans, they might not want to see that, but maybe you're a masochist, you hate yourself, you want to see them happy, and talking about Dodgers stuff, go check them out. They do a really great show. Um, but for today's episode, guys, we are talking about this weekend's series, just some quick observations about the games. Uh, granted, not too much to be excited about. It was very Padres-y for literally every game, not just like unlike the last game, series against the Giants. I actually felt like they played pretty good. I know that they don't win enough games and all that, but like I actually thought that they looked like a, a team. And in this team, in this series, one thing from each game was extremely Padres, at least in my opinion. Uh, so let's start with that first game, uh, I guess, guys, and then we'll be talking about uh, Bruce Bocci and Jace Tingler at the end of the episode. But first first game on Friday, the Padres lost by a score of four to nothing. For nothing, not much to be said for this here game for the Padres is Reese Kinnear getting the start um, going four innings, giving up three earned runs on five hits, walking none, striking out one. Uh, and then Craig Stammen, stampeding Stammen coming in for two innings, giving up one run, but did strike out four, which was nice. Again, Stammen very solid, okay season for Craig Stammen. Has given up a couple of big home runs here and there, but he's actually hasn't been that bad. Uh, I call him stampeding Stammen uh, sometimes just because there was one uh, appearance earlier on in the season when he came like charging out of the bullpen and struck out two guys. I was like, oh my God, he, he's back. Uh, he's, he's back to being a decent pitcher again. Um, but yeah, for the most part, not much to say about this game. Javi Guerrero back. Austin Adams manages to go an inning without hitting a batter, it looks like, which is incredible, striking out three. Uh, Austin Adams, one of the weirder relievers on the Padres, and it stinks that he kind of Went from being underrated to being terrible after his ERA bloated basically throughout the the last few days of August. From August 24th onwards, he's basically been pretty bad uh, with the total ERA stuff, bloating up to 4.09. But anyway, that's not the story of the game. Real story of the game is the Braves getting some hits from Austin Riley. Dansby Swanson, who's very much just a home run or nothing kind of hitter. He's he's okay. He's a definition of an average shortstop, in my opinion. But in fairness, on the season, Danceby Swanson, uh, not too bad in terms of that aforementioned power. He's got uh, 27 home runs on the year. Uh, too big of a strikeout rate for sure. His on-base is still sitting at 3.06, but he's okay. He can get you a home run every now and then, but probably a disappointment for Braves fans. But not a disappointment for Braves fans. The story of the game, Max Freed going a full nine innings, giving up zero earned runs on three hits not walking anybody and striking out four. And here's where the first part, I was saying that everything about the losses this weekend felt very Padres, right? For this one, it's Max Freed, former Padre. You guys might remember in the package that they gave up for Justin Upton. uh, And one of the biggest pieces was Max Freed. And in fairness, Max Fried, not incredible initially, right? With the, the Braves, you look at his first season with Atlanta, uh, you know, 3.81 ERA, then 2.94, and then it bloats up when he gets a full first season 4.02, but he still always had some decent stuff. He's not a max strikeout guy, but he's got pretty decent control, and it showed it last year when he was a d- pretty, you know, in 60 games, granted, but uh, in 56 innings. Um, Not racking up the Ks necessarily with 50 strikeouts last year, but uh, only walked 19 batters, which was nice. This year, he's got a 41 to 152 ratio in terms of walks and strikeouts. And most importantly is he actually started off the season pretty poorly, uh, Max Fried, and he's kind of bounced back basically ever since August 3rd. He hasn't had a start in which he's gone um, under six innings and hasn't allowed more than three runs. Very, very good for Max Fried, especially for a team that has been trying to make this late push. So Max Fried, look, we've talked about it with A.J. Prowler, but I think the takeaway from him, it's he hasn't been like a type of guy that you're like, oh, my God. Like, this isn't like the the White Sox giving us, you know, that little shortstop uh, El Nino. But it is definitely one of those things where you're like, man, I mean, I would love that. Yeah, sure. He's not racking a crazy amount of Ks, but he doesn't walk too many guys, and he's not giving up runs. This Padres team just doesn't have depth. They have to call up this this Reese fella, and no, no hate to my Reese man, but he's just he's not all that good. You know what I mean? They can't get these guys, and there's such a lack of farm system depth. And most importantly, it's starting to be a much bigger question. I talked about this on the past few episodes, but I will repeat it again: How much of this is just guys not performing, and how much of this is the it just? If I'm another team, I was talking with um. Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Indians uh, about the the Mike Clevenger trade. Just We had a couple a little DM exchange and he was telling me, like, if I'm any other MLB team, I am trading for Mackenzie Gore. I'm finding it trade for Padres pitchers, because clearly how the organization's set up right now, they seem just like they can't develop pitchers. So, you know, that they probably have more talent than they're showcasing with the Padres. I would go as far as to say if I'm an opposing team, I might want to trade uh, for Chris Paddock because you must be thinking he's got to be better than what he's been putting out. You know what I mean? He's not a five ERA guy. Maybe he's like a 3.8. That's still an improvement. And given what everything the Padres had traded for, I know that Blake Snell was good in the last month of the season, but they basically have given you their big trades aside from Joe Musgrove. They've given you like basically the same amount of war that a regular average amount of guys could have gotten you could have in quotes because you never know what you end up getting. Um, But without getting into the semantics of all that, basically what I'm trying to say is uh, a lot of the moves for the Padres have been bust this year with the exception of Mark Melanson and Joe Musgrove. So not great at all for the Padres. And then moving on to game two. um, Actually, no, there was actually a lot that happened in game two. So before we talk about game two, guys, I want to take a quick second to talk to you about entertainment stuff and more specifically uh, your streaming Stuff, guys. I want to talk to you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That's Direct TV Stream. It brings you your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about Direct TV Stream at directtv.com. Pretty cool, right? And guys, I'm a Padres fan. You know this. If you're listening to this podcast. I'm a fan of many other things. I'm a cage, I'm a Chris Paul fan too. But I've got an incredible app with uh, that everybody needs to to know about. Right? Anybody who gets gas, all right? It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code Baseball for since this is MLB after all and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. Remember download the app and use the promo code baseball to get up to 50% or 50 cents more. Sorry. Gash, uh, get gallon back on your first tank. Uh, it's really cool and it's really helpful for all you guys. It's just like a kind of rewards thing. We like getting rewarded for driving, don't you? So get check it out. Get Upside, guys. Great app. And now moving on. I will say, though, probably took an ad break a little bit too early on in the episode. My fault for that, guys. I'm still getting used to the YouTubes. You know what I mean? So maybe this segment is going to be a little bit longer. I'm still getting used to it. I'm always stressing out with the ad breaks sometimes, especially because I can't just pause now that I'm on YouTube. You guys are seeing me right now doing a little bunch of wavy dances and stuff. But anyway. Uh, let's keep talking about this series. So on Saturday, uh, a little bit of a heartbreaking loss uh, from the Padres, which is basically, like I've been saying, very Padres-esque weekend uh, for them this year. Um, or for this weekend, I'm sorry. Um, but they, it didn't start off bad. They managed to get to Huascarinoa. Noah. Uh, they tag him over the course of four and two-thirds innings. He gives up seven earned runs on seven hits. And who are... The legendary people that do that, Adam Frazier and Eric Hosmer, the odds of him, of them homering after Oscar Hunoa, who's okay. He's got a decent slider from what I'm not mistaken. Uh, He's been improved over the years, but he's 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 whatever. But uh, the fact that those two, the first of all, Adam, Eric Hosmer doing anything is always a welcome uh, addition for the Padres, certainly. But for Adam Frazier, who doesn't hit for power at all. I mean, even Eric Hosmer can get you like 20 home runs a year. Adam Frazier gets you like five. You know what I'm saying? And Adam Frazier to do that in the bottom of the first inning to start things off, and then Eric Hosmer to get it, and then for Vince Velasquez, our pitcher for the night, our starting pitcher for the night, again, just goes to show you the lack of depth for the Padres right now. For him to get a, a sacrifice ground out to lead to stuff is truly incredible, but of course, the Braves end up bouncing back thanks to some of their top players, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, getting a bunch of RBIs in this game, but... And this is the thing I talked about it or well, for YouTube listeners, uh, watchers, viewers, I did mention it. Manny Machado, a grand slam in the bottom of the fifth inning. Manny Machado uh, through the month of September did not disappoint, guys. I mean, this is a dude who he made the news after his you know, kerfuffle is what I'll call it with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. But let's just say, you know, I, I talked about it and I wrote about it over at Just Baseball, a site that I write for. I knew I forgot to mention something in the intro. You know, I knew it. I knew it. Guys, if you're not familiar with my work, uh, go check me out. Just Baseball, Off the Bench Baseball, Baseball FYI, Fires on Base. That's where you could find my work. Or Mental Floss Inverse, Bloody Disgusting Film credit for Pop Culture Stuff. I knew I forgot something. That was so weird. God, I'm a, I'm a mess. I think I'm a little bit excited because I watched the Sunday Night Football game and it was a blast. But anyway, back to Manny Machado. Um, he has been awesome. And I talked about at Just Baseball how... One of the things about why Manny Machado, I think, was having a little bit of an underrated season this year was that he never had like those moments. You know, he never had the moment against the Houston Astros that Tatis had early on in the season, bottom of the ninth inning or top of the ninth inning since it was in Houston. And, you know, two outs, two strikes, you're down by three. And then he hits a home run. And that famous call from Don Arsillo when he's like, it's on it onto the tracks, that whole one. You don't have that for Manny Machado this year. Instead, he'd just been a really, really good player who'd had some big hits, but nothing that was like, oh my God, he's a superstar. And September, I was saying, maybe he was going to have to need that to really put a, you know, kind of bookend, this really solid season he's had. And this year, uh, September, he absolutely was not, a problem for the Padres whatsoever batting 305 over the course of 21 games uh with a 345 on base 524 slugging uh four home runs to boot driving in some runs 14 RBIs Hey, even chipping in two steals for any of my fantasy baseball uh, folks out there. Actually, decent steal totals this year for Manny Machado, all things considered. He didn't steal 12 bags so far this year. Maybe we will c- get a couple more, but uh, fifty walk, 58 walks to 100 Ks this year. Excellent plate discipline for sure for Manny Machado. If not for a genuinely awful, um, uh, what's it called, uh, August, which granted was kind of the case you could say for the entire team, dare I say. Um, in August, he batted 234 with a 278 on base, 355 slugging, very bad. Even the beginning of the season, when he was 240, 336, batting average on base, even then, it was like, all right, he was showing some signs, and he was actually getting unlucky. His bat towards the beginning of the year was below, like, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it was below. Let me check out my stat real quick. Yeah, it was below, like, the two the 250 range. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was not getting lucky on the, bat, the batting average on balls in play. But uh, he finished strong. You cannot blame him. He gets a home run, uh, a grand slam in this game. Uh, May and Machado showed up. For September, and it should be brought up. He was a very good player for the Padres this year. I know the season's not over yet, but you know. Uh, so, but after that, unfortunately, it's it's not enough. You know, what I mean, it's not enough. We get some singles from Victor Victor Caratini to make it eight seven, but it was actually a pretty good game. And then Eddie Rosario in the top of the ninth inning ties the game with a single. <sighs> what can I say, ladies and gentlemen? What can I say? I mean, nothing can be really said anymore. Nothing nothing can be said Daniel Hudson talk about him for a second. You want to talk about not being uh, really all that helpful for the Padres uh, as a trade deadline acquisition. We thought he was a high-quality reliever, and he's okay. He's not terrible, but he has not been that. He blew a bunch of games. I mean, first game, couple appearances after the All-Star break, giving up those big home runs to CJ Crone to lose the game. I mean, Daniel Hudson just did not get it done for the Padres this year, and neither did Adam Frazier. I know Adam Frazier has been an average player basically for the last two and a half weeks. He's been a little bit better hitting some RBIs, getting some doubles in there. He did have a four-for-five Game, uh, just like just a week or so ago. So, but for the most part, Daniel Hudson not very good. Melanson does make an appearance in this game, but you know it's just. It's too late. It's too late. And then the Braves end up getting the winning runs in the top of the 10th inning. We do head into extras uh, with a Jorge Soler double. I forgot to mention him, by the way. He homers in this game to deep left, allowing Dansby Swanson and Jack Peterson to score, which is what tied the game originally at 7-7. And then he gives them the lead with the double. And then there's a sacrifice fly from Ozzie Albies. I want to mention really quickly um, about um, uh, Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is a great example of what I wish that the Padres had done. I wish they had bought low on guys that you know have potential talent. Jorge Soler had been one of the most unlucky batters in baseball. His bad book was extraordinarily low, extraordinarily low, and he had one of the lowest home run to fly ball um, percentages in the league. For those who don't understand that, basically a lot of the fly balls he was hitting, extremely low, especially when you consider he's a home run hitter. And the Braves said, screw it, let's trade for this guy. Uh, The upside is there. He's. This is a guy that hit, like, you know, 40-plus homers, if I'm not mistaken, one year. Uh, I'm going to check that while I keeps talking. But, like, they bought low, and I love that for them. You know, for the Braves this year, if you look at um, Jorge Soler, Kansas City Royals, 194, 288, 370 slash line in 94 games. 50 games for the Braves, 263 with a 349 and a 511 slugging. 12 home runs. Man, it's really, really good. Like that's that's just phenomenal. And by the way, 2019 was the year that he hit 48 bombs Um, kind of really came through. So Jorge Soler, while not necessarily the prospect that he once was believed to be, that's a power hitter. And I love that the Braves did that. They also traded for Adam Duvall out of Miami, and he's been excellent for them as well. Getting big hits for them. Um, He does hit a does he hit a home run against us? Let me just check really quickly. Am I forgetting? No, he didn't. But he did hit a couple for them early on. Last week, but Adam Duvall on the season uh, with Atlanta. 239 average, which isn't great, but a 300 OBP, which is okay, and 549 slugging for the Braves. 16 home runs, and more importantly, he plays a great glove. So, yes, batting leaves a little bit to be desired. Don't get me wrong, but just the fact that this is a guy that has 38 bombs kind of makes up for it, and he's an elite level glove, one of the most underrated defenders in the league. And I say all this to say, I wish that the Padres would buy low on guys. I talked about it in some of my writings. I talked about it on this podcast. Robbie Grossman. I would love a world where we get Robbie Grossman. Josh Harrison. Yes, he's not going to blow everything up for you and be a superstar player, but he's consistent, good base runner, decent fielder. I thought he could be interesting. I think that there are other ways instead of just trading for these guys. You're buying high on guys like Blake Snell. You're buying high on guys like you Darvish and especially Adam Frazier. And you look at where the the Braves are, and you look at them, and it's like that's smart organizations, man. They're like, cool. We'll take Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler because we know they're better than what they're doing now. It's not always necessarily about what the players are currently doing. It's what they have done compared to their previous stats and what you think they could do in the future. You know what I'm saying? Did we really think Jorge Soler was a 190 hitter? The Braves said, heck no, man, let's go for him and look at them. Now they're granted in a weak division, but they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, So I just love what the, the Braves have done. They're a good example of what I wish that the Padres have done. Granted, Um, it's a little bit hard to do some moves on this team considering you have Myers and Hosmer, you know, um, I saw John Gennaro who has been on this podcast back in the day before the season started. Uh, and we were talking about a bunch of stuff. We were talking about Eric Hosmer and he basically has like 0.4 F war, uh, like offensive war cumulatively over all the years that the Padres have, have had him signed. Yeah. So four years and that's what he's gotten us. So he's basically been worse than, I mean, who can I say here? I mean, Luke Voigt of the Yankees has been better. Eddie Rosario, who I mentioned before, has probably been worth more. Eric Cosmer is an absolute mess. It really is. And I talked about this with a friend of mine, I was actually saying there's an alternate universe where they don't trade for snow, which all right, whatever they don't trade for Darvish. Maybe they go low and trade for Joe Musgrove who they were interested in, by the way, reportedly at the deadline last year, a lot of teams were. So that's why I'm saying, I think it was feasible that no matter what happened, they still end up trading for him this summer, but you don't do any of those trades. Instead, you send your package of Taylor Trammell. You send your package of, um, you know, a couple other prospects a Blake guy to capita Marcano. um, uh, just a couple more guys like that. You keep Ty France and you give up all that in order to dump Eric Cosmer. You sell high on his 2020 performance when in 38 games, all of a sudden he figured out launch angle, figured out how to not hit the ball on the ground every five seconds, right? You sell high on him there and then Ty France. If you guys checked him out over the Mariners, genuinely one of the most be- better peer his- hitters in the major leagues uh, and especially in the American League. So there's an alternate universe where that exists. You got to stop buying high on people, man. Um, Not to turn this into an AJ Preller hate pod, but, you know, it's kind of how it is. And now, before we talk about the last game and my thoughts on Jace Tingler, uh, guys, let me just talk to you about something that is objectively lovely. This you should buy high on, ladies and gentlemen. They are the best protein bars in all the land. I don't know how many times I have to keep saying it. They are, of course, the Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. And what I love about them the most, aside from being covered in 100% chocolate and being soft and easy to chew, Great variety of flavors, man. Cherry, Barcia, Coconut, um, Grasshopper Cookie, Cookies and Cream, Orange, Strawberry, Double Chocolate, um, cherry, uh, German Chocolate. They have everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm stumbling just trying to look at all the flavors that they have, guys. And they have all sorts of new flavors popping up every day. They love mixing it up. And on top of that, of course, they're protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, only 45 grams, only four to five, not 45, my bad, only four to five grams net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Woo-wee. hmm Oh, boy, that sip of water hit different. Let me tell you. Just just absolutely hit different. Love it. Love it. And speaking of different, I'm just seeing a Bleacher Report notification. Devontae Adams, I'm different. In quotes, he ain't wrong if you guys were watching Sunday Night Football. Um, but anyway, guys, let's move on to the last game uh, for the Padres here. A um, little bit of a depressing game uh, in the sense that it was Joe Musgrove starting, and he looked pretty okay. I had missed parts of the game, but I saw the beginning. Uh, he goes five innings in this one, um, giving up three earned runs on seven hits, nine strikeouts, three walks, but nine strikeouts. Again, I'm used to Joe Musker walking, guys. But he has been walking a lot of guys frequently. Over his last four starts, he's walked three, 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 and then five against the Dodgers, but still. Um, so he's he's been walking a lot of batters recently, but that kind of comes with the territory. He does not give up too many big hits, although Atlanta did hit him a little bit in this game for sure. Jack Peterson home run in the top of the second inning. And then Travis Darno, who has not been very good for the Braves at all, showing that clearly 2020 for Travis Darno as a catcher, clearly a mirage and a little bit fraudulent, those those numbers. But he had a pretty good 2020. It has not followed it up too much for the Braves in 2021. But we do have some offense from the Padres here. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, though. Jake Cronenworth uh, is able to get a triple in this game, allowing Will Myers and Adam Frazier to score. And then we get a Manny Machado single again. Manny Machado, man, just an absolute freak of nature. But unfortunately, Orlando Garcia doubles to right in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, Jack Peterson scores, and the Padres are unable to kind of come back, despite the fact that – let me just read this real quick. Will Smith, who's been a little bit of a controversial pitcher in Braves culture, at least for parts of the season, um, we get a walk from Jake Cronenworth, a walk from Manny Machado – Fernando Tatis Jr., who gets the first off day that he's had in a while. It's not the end of his season, however, despite being eliminated from playoff contention that they confirmed. Kevin A.C. mentioned this, too, on Twitter, that he's not done with his season just yet. And then Tatis strikes out looking on a questionable call, I will say, on a very, very questionable call. Um, but even still, I wish Tatis could get the hit there, but I thought that was a really questionable strike call by the home plate umpire there, and Tatis knew it. It was definitely inside, uh, and I, I think he was right. And you look at the replay, look at all the scan stuff, and I know everyone's going to say robot umps right now, but not a great call there. Tommy Pham, though, managed to work a walk. Bases loaded, one out. What do you think happens? Trent Grisham strikes out uh, looking on an inside pitch. I'll talk about him in just a second. And then Hassan Kim strikes out to end the game. So even with bases loaded and one out, the Padres are unable to come up big. And look, Trent Grisham has been really secretly disappointing for the Padres. I'm going to talk about him more, actually, I think on Wednesday's pod in the future. But for now, I just want to talk about Trent Grisham, his abilities as a hitter. Leave much to be desired, especially when it comes to inside pitches. Um, he's got a good eye at the plate. Certainly, he can take a walk every now and then. He doesn't chase stuff outside, away from the zone. But he doesn't swing well. He whiffs out a lot of pitches inside the zone, I should say. And we're going to talk about more about him in the future and how I feel about him and how I feel about that trade, uh, probably this week. But I'm leaving it at that. Um, really disappointing way for the the, the this the the blah, 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 the series to end. The Padres get swept and officially. Are eliminated from playoff contention they were actually officially eliminated on saturday and i got a tweet that went semi-viral actually uh which was really funny <laughs> uh the entire second half of the 2021 Padres, if you guys are watching the youtube uh, i got some pretty good traction on that one it was basically just the meme of like a guy hitting another guy in the back of the head with a crowbar but like the crowbars captioned padres the guy throwing the crowbars captioned padres and then the guy getting hit is Padres, basically just saying they beat themselves up. Uh, I also had a meme on the Lockdown Padres account with the famous – oh, wait, I can't do that on camera. Let me be careful there. (laughs) Uh, The famous middle finger flipping the bird to the Dodgers fan, except it's captioned, the Padres guy who's flipping the middle uh, middle finger, Padres, and then – the Dodgers fan getting the caption playoff so that's what the Padres did to the playoff chances they fell apart 78 and 78 the fact that the only interesting thing that's going on for this Padres team is whether or not Tatis can just get I don't know a couple more steals to maybe go 40 30 that would be incredible for a 22 year old I mean bottom line though guys uh, that that should not be lost let us keep in mind this guy is a freak at 22 years old He's, he's Ken Griffey Jr he really is um But the fact that the only interesting going on for the Padres for the end of the season is whether or not they finish above 500. Really, really, truly a disgrace uh, for the Padres in the second half. I mean, I I don't even know where to begin. Um, But let's talk really quickly about Jace Tingler. I mentioned him last week. I've mentioned him for the past couple weeks. I've mentioned this for months, I'd say. And that is, I think he leaves a lot to be desired. I know everyone makes fun of him for his, you know, you know, I just, I think we went out there and mm, I think my guys battled. You know, I mean, Uh, Jace got some, uh, Frazier got some good hit pitches to hit you just you got to execute um, and you know we, we got we just got to go out and do better you know what I mean but I really just think my guys battled like I know everyone likes to make fun of the whole my guys are battling out there and then we just keep losing and getting swept but it is true that I think that at least for the San Fran series last week that the Padres players are are battling to an extent however some people have complained there's two things I want to mention here first as a manager he has had some moments where I've been frustrated i.e. Cardinal series, you bring in Emilia Pagan. I'm like, can we bring in anyone else? I know that he has strikeout stuff, but how many times has this guy bitten us in the butt? This is a guy that we expected to maybe even close games for us. Nope, that didn't happen. Thank you, Mark Melanson. Uh, But he gives up the big home run to basically lose us that game the same night that Tatis and Machado get in their very public kind of, you know, kerfuffle is what I'm going to keep calling it. So really rough there. Um, and it's just that that's annoying. And some people say, well, lineup management, it's never the same lineup. Well, in fairness, uh, the Giants and Dodgers and same divisional rivals, they change up the lineup all the time, all sorts of different batting orders. However, they do it, I think, more effectively, you know, Gabe Kapler. I mean, what a a guy that guy is, you know, after getting chased out of Philadelphia because they got mad that his first ever game, they took out Aaron Nola early because it was the opening day and he, he took him out after like, what, three innings or two innings, something like that. And everyone got mad. And that's all that was cemented in their minds. Look at what he's doing there. You know, pinch hitting for Lamonte Wade Jr. in key situations at the right time and then letting him bat at the right time. The guy knows what he's doing. So shout out to, to Gabe Capo in San Francisco. But you could argue, did the lineup changes work for the Padres? I don't think so. When did it feel like that they chose the right times to say move Pham down in the lineup or move him up in the lineup or move Tatis to the top of the lineup? Very rarely did it feel like it worked out. Beginning of the season, it was true that Tatis was a lot better as a leadoff hitter, but then they started moving him down and up and down. And it just didn't really, there was no flow to it. There's no thinking to it. Almost change for change's sake. So Jay Sangler deserves some blame. However, I mean, this would be like the this is the fourth manager uh, that the Padres have had since 2015 under AJ Preller. Uh, granted, one of those was only there for a little bit, for only there for half a second, but it still deserves to be mentioned. It, it, but it's it's. I just think that it's a bad sign as a franchise if we're expecting guys to just keep firing people, and we we trust AJ Preller allegedly, allegedly, and we'll be talking about him a lot. In the offseason, my beloved AJ Peller, who I kept begging to murder me after each major trade that he made. But let me tell you, everything's looking real bad right now when you look at all this talent across the league and one of them silencing us on the Friday game and Max Fried. You look at all this and you say, I mean, these are Peller's guys. These are the guys he's bringing in. At some point, you got to look at not at the manager, but you got to look at the general manager because he's the one making those decisions of who to bring in here. So that makes me think, one, I I think the most interesting thing here, though, is I think he's getting fired. They fired the farm manager and uh, Sam Ganey last week. Then you fired Rayleigh Rothschild famously about a month or so ago. Uh, I think more and more people are going to get fired. I really do. And I think that it only makes sense for Jay Stingler to get fired. I don't necessarily think he should be. I think he actually deserves another chance. I really do. I think at some point it's not his fault that Grisham can't hit anything inside. It's not his fault that everybody in the whole team went cold for August. But you got to blame somebody. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the case we're, we're having here, considering this is one of the biggest collapses in the history of baseball. And especially for a team that everyone was excited for that was slam Diego and blockbuster and had all these great players, you know, for you to be disappointed on that front for everybody to be, there ain't no celebrities going to the game anymore. Emma stone. She ain't at the game anymore. You know what I'm saying? Baker Mayfield. He ain't at the games anymore. Uh, yes. Those guys, those guys and gals were at the games, especially Emma stone, who I love one of my favorite actress. I love Emma stone so much. I was so happy when she went to the game, but like, it's just, it's a mess. So they, I'm just wondering at this point after the very final game of the regular season, do you think the Padres could fire Jace Tingler to like make a statement like right after that game or maybe the day after? I'm wondering. I know this isn't quite like the NFL. NFL famously, after like week 17, week 16, that very next Monday, the coaches you're expecting to get fired, get fired. They call it Black Monday, right? I don't know, though, but it's an interesting uh, thing to expect. I think this this offseason, whether or not he gets fired. And I am wondering, Bruce Bochy is the name people have been bringing up, has managed the Padres before, and the Padres were good back in that 06 kind of era. They were a pretty decent team, although he didn't take them to the promised land as he did for the Giants, famously. But bringing him back, it's not a bad idea. Here's what I will say. I do think the Padres, I would be, as someone who doesn't look too deep into managers in the sense that I think that I don't know enough about uh, uh, like what will make a good manager and what have you, but I would say I would be more, I would be less excited if because I do think Jason is going to be fired. I do, uh, I'm I'm fairly certain he will be. I think has needs the role, um, whether or not they deserve it. I'm just saying that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I would be less excited if it's one of Preller's guys, some no name we've never heard of, which not to say no names can't be good. Hey, Gabe Copper kind of came out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And all, there's a plenty of managers that come out of nowhere. That's, that's how this starts. That's how you become famous in the first place. But I would not be excited if it's like, well, this is one of Preller's guys. He knew him from Texas. He knew him from wherever the heck, right? That would make me nervous. That would make me nervous. I think the Padres need a name. Whether it be, Hey, I think he's out of it, but heck, go get a Buck Showalter heck why not i'm gonna throw that that rumor out into the air i'm kind of messing around for the record don't take this super seriously you aggregators but book show walter you know ron washington and then of course bruce Bochi, who at least has a connection to the padres that would be really nostalgic and cool i think that'd be the most fun one because he's been with the team before you know what i'm saying but at the same time i i just i think they need a name but i'm just not what, sure what other name is out there um when they inevitably i think fire jace tingler so it would be a fun one but I also want to caution everybody, remind everyone that it's just this is never a good sign when you just keep firing managers. You know what I'm saying? It's just not a good sign. But bottom line, one of the biggest collapses in baseball history, someone's got to get fired. That's just unfortunately how it works. I'm sorry, Jay Stingler. I don't have really any hate for the guy. I know I just criticized him, but I think that's what kind of we're dealing with here. Officially eliminated from the playoffs, your 2021 San Diego Padres made a joke on Twitter saying, you know, Remember back against that that Nationals game, you know, 24 to 8, we win. Jake Cronworth just hit for the cycle. You're sipping on your point three nine four pale ale, the San Diego one. Have I had that before? No, I have not. I just see you guys tweeting all, all the time on Biodies Twitter. Um, you know, you're sipping on that, enjoying your Friday night. Me, I was playing a couple uh board games with my friends while we were watching the game, and you're like, life is good. You know, we still got the trade deadline, getting excited for that. Nowadays, we're wondering can we finish above five hundred? But hey. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying me talking about the Padres as, as some sort of therapy session, some sort of you know release, you know some sort of catharsis, dare I say. Hopefully, you're enjoying the podcast, guys. But before we wrap up today's episode, betting on the Padres doesn't have to be a guessing game. Betting on football, especially after yesterday, good God. Anybody see that Justin Tucker game winner? Uh, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping Xer, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, in terms of the future of this podcast, um, tomorrow we are talking with Millard Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks. He invited me on his show to talk about some stuff, and I figured, hey, what the heck, why not? Uh, So that's going to be going up tomorrow. We recorded that back on Thursday, but he basically asked me my full thoughts on the Padres team. And I break that down. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Miller, it's so much fun to talk to. It's, it, we have a lot of laughs on that one, so you should look forward to that. And then um, Wednesday, going to recap some games that happen over the course of Monday and Tuesday. And then, um, or I'm sorry, two, hold on. Yep, yep, Tuesday and Wednesday's games going to recap those. And then going to be talking about probably towards the end of the week. Um, I don't know if I'll get it at the end of the week. But doing some crossovers with other teams who were disappointing and might have fallen out of the playoffs. We'll see, though. It depends on how the rest of the week pans out. Maybe uh, Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds, since his team similarly kind of had a second half, you know, a little bit of a disappointment from them. So maybe some Lockdown Reds crossovers. uh, And also, at some point, going to be working on my top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres. Maybe top five, depending on how many I find. Uh, That should be a fun little listicle. I guess uh, it's been a list because this is an article. This is a podcast. So list a past list a cast. Is that what it's called? A list on a podcast. Anyway, I'll keep working, workshopping that guys. But that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown podcast. The only pod that may be better than the pot themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcast from stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, himalaya overcast wherever send me some five-star reviews on the apple podcast app i would greatly appreciate that follow the youtube so you can see me doing all my weird stuff you can say hi to luffy my my beloved luffy who is luffy he's the next king of the pirates damn it remember that remember that king of the pirates uh you can see all the weird stuff that i do on video over at locked on padres on the youtube channel i will link it in the podcast description for all my audio listeners Go follow myself or the show on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.